The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor, Mainstay Financial. Information provided on Winning with Mainstay Financial is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to be specific financial advice for individuals. All information presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representation is made to its accuracy. Views presented are those of Mainstay Financial and host Bob Burgi and do not necessarily represent the view of Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC. Alpha Star Capital Management is an SEC registered investment advisor. Registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor or investment advisor representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Opinions expressed are subject to change and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. You should consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Now, here's Bob Burgi. Good morning. How's everybody today? Wonderful. Awesome. Good to see you again, Jenna. Thank you. Um, all right. You're listening to Winning with Mainstay Financial. I'm Bob Burgi. I'm the Senior Wealth Advisor with Mainstay Financial Group here in Pensacola. Um, if you would like, listeners, please text during the show or call at 850-437-1620. Or you can reach us directly if you have any other questions after the show at our office, 850-437-3127. Okay. We have with us today, of course, daughter Katie. Katie, say hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and our special guest today on Pep Talk is Angela Lane with Southeast Mortgage. Angela is the executive mortgage loan originator here at the local Southeast Mortgage office on Intendencia Street here in Pensacola. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am well. I'm very well. Thanks for coming in today. Um, nothing nothing new going on in the mortgage industry, right? Eh, it's so quiet. <laughs> goodness sake. Same day. Different yeah, story. Oh, same my goodness. rates. You know, <laughs> no, no movement. It's just... So boring. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been, um, it's been very crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a very unexpected um, change in the market with yeah. COVID. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, after you know the the big hit from COVID, you know the economy just started doing extremely well, and uh, the market started doing well. And of course, uh, the Fed steps in when uh, you know the market when the economy overheats. They will raise interest rates. We have inflation, which what our most 40 recently forty forty. 40-year high. 40-year high. Is yeah, what we, was it, 1981, right? 1982? Mm -hmm. uh, highest inflation since 1981 or 1982. I think it. I think the actual verbiage is we haven't been at these inflationary levels since 1981. Yeah, well, everything is costing you more. Right. Your, your gas, your groceries, supplies. Yeah. Housing rent <laughs> yeah exactly Everything. exactly and that's part of the reason you're on today Angela there's so much going on um, not not just locally but everywhere in terms of housing uh, the mortgage the mortgage industry and I know that uh, the Fed funds rate you know uh, uh, the Jerome Powell the Federal Reserve Bank rates don't 
necessarily dictate mortgage interest rates, but they would you say they closely track? Yes, yes, they're they're definitely related. Mm-hmm. Um, when um, when consumers hear that the Fed is raising rates, they are not necessarily referring to the interest rate that you're going to pay on your mortgage. Uh, the The Federal Reserve rate is short; it, it controls short-term rates. Mm-hmm. So that would be um, it's the money that other banks loan one another overnight. It's right. short term, and they set that rate. Mm-hmm. And it controls your short term rates, like your credit cards. Right. Um, whereas mortgage interest rates are not set by the Fed, but closely tracked. So if your Fed funds is, is raising, that means your interest rates are too. Right. And of course the Fed, um, you know, they, they control that rate in order to control our economy and control growth and uh, try to keep us away from recessions. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But we have, um, um, we have enjoyed very low mortgage interest rates for a very long time. Um, I think you might even say we've been spoiled, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if someone had purchased um, back in 2020 or 21, and they reach out and say that they think they want to refinance so they can put in a pool they're a little stunned at first yeah um because we got that gift of those amazing low rates i mean we were we were in the twos and comfortably in the threes yes and um what we found at the beginning of this year gosh about that second week of january um Someone put the gas on, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, they began they began climbing quickly. Right, um, but I will tell you, I mean, I I have been in this industry. I've been doing this for more than thirty years, mm-hmm. and um, there's they're still amazingly historically low. You know, you brought up the 1980s, mm-hmm. and back in the 1980s, we had interest rates that were sixteen percent. 16. Uh, when yeah. I began doing this in the late 80s, um, early 90s, um, I, I was always quoting rates in the 10s. Yeah. We were, we were, that's where we were. Um, and I don't know if you have this information, but uh, I, I, I don't know if I read somewhere or I've heard that the average 30-year mortgage interest rate is somewhere in the sevens, the average over time. You know, um, oh, histor- historically, yes, historically, if you were to take average. that 16 yeah. and blend it with not 10. the average mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now, but we're right. getting there. True. Yeah. Which that's still very inexpensive money. I agree. W- when you think about it, I mean, your home is your largest financial asset and um, you want to be a homeowner. Right. Right. So you are the executive mortgage loan originator at Southeast Mortgage. Tell us a little bit about your company. Well, Southeast Mortgage uh, began back in 1993, so they have been doing this a long time. Our CEO had a uh, uh, banking background, and he did not like the way um, things things were going in the in the early 90s. So he grabbed um, an executive team, and they branched out and began Southeast Mortgage. Um, So they have been at this a very long time as well. And we have got uh, more than a dozen of our um, executive staff and employees that have been around for more than 20 years. Hmm. Um, we're based, um, our corporate office is in Atlanta, Georgia, technically okay. Duluth. Um, and we have offices all throughout Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, 
Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee. Wow. So definitely Southeast, therefore yeah. our name. Um, our, our CEO holds a fine line when it comes to growth, and he has no desire to be nationwide. He, gotcha. he just he wants to keep control. He wants to be able to still be that local hometown lender, mm-hmm. um, which I definitely appreciate because I've, I've been with a national company, and it's ridiculous when you can't get someone on the phone. Right. I, have, I have the ability to call our CEO. I can call. I actually talked to our president yesterday, um, and that you just don't have it at most companies right. these days. Right. So everybody's approachable and um, accountable, and it's pretty fabulous. But um, so that's kind of where they began. And yeah. um, back in June, five years ago, um, they reached out to me, and uh, we we did not have a, a Florida presence at that time. Hmm. And um, our president, and who would eventually be my senior vice president. Um, have they they had homes in this area okay. so they wanted to reach out so that's kind of how i came on board yeah we better we better have an office where we play right <laughs> that's right so they they have uh second homes here they do okay they do very well, nice yes. so you opened the office here in pensacola mm-hmm. uh-huh. down on uh 244 east end Indencia. all We're right right down. down the street from the y around the corner from from hubs there and hub stacy's that's right cute little blue house but i don't yes. go, i don't go to hubs but i do go to the y Okay, let's make that clear. <laughs> but yeah, so that's sort of that's sort of the the history of us. Right. Well, good, good. Well, again, welcome to the show. Uh, I want I do want to you know kind of take a deep dive into mortgages, mortgage interest rates, how one goes about securing a mortgage. But let's talk about what's going on in the local economy. And I know you had some uh, statistics uh, with housing and how prices have increased and and so on and so forth uh would you be kind enough to share that with us <laughs> I, there, will, it, I will i mean it's it's alarming but it's when you show me it? that first one yeah well um and again the statistics vary just a little bit depending on uh what source you're pulling them from um so you know anyone listening right now if they were to you know begin googling um you know, some of the information is available from our local um, Pensacola area Board of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in generalities, the average price uh, of a home in our area for March was $366,000. That is unbelievable. Average. I mean, here in Pensacola, Florida. Okay, now I that, know our little it, community. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, which is good and bad because yeah. you know, there's a lot of first time home buyers that so that's really steep, but that's not the lowest price. That's just kind of our average in this area. Okay. So when you look back at where we were in 2019, when the median price was in the 200s, it was like about $220,000. Right. Um, and think about this. This statistic blows my mind. So in 2019, we're clipping along. Everything was nice and stable and steady pre-COVID. It, an average home on the market was taking about 54 days to sell. Wow. You list your home, about 54 days later, you got that offer, you're under contract, and you're moving on to your next one. This market that we're in today, the average time is five days. Wow. Lightning fast, lightning fast. And wow. um, I hear the stories daily from, from buyers that I've completed their pre-approval, and they're out and they're shopping, and they're so excited because they think they found the one and they put in an <laughs> offer. And 
only to find out that there's 17 other offers. Or, yeah. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Hey, kids. We 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 found our dream home. Nope. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. That's what we've been used to. Yeah. Is you would you'd find a home and you'd take a few days to think about yeah. it. <laughs> that's yeah. just that's not a thing now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You we'll, gotta be prepared to pull that trigger fast. You know, we'll we'll make an offer at eighty percent of asking price and see what happens and go from there. No, that that's over. You know. Uh, yes, and that's a really good point. You know what else? Uh, what else has gone away? Um, we're in a, an absolute seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they are not really needing to come off the price. Um, homes are usually going for over asking price and they're not contributing to buyer's costs. Right. Um, you know, back in 2019, it was it was absolutely typical to have the contract written where the seller was paying perhaps a certain percentage of the purchase price right. or, or a flat rate, you know, hey, seller to contribute $5,000 towards buyer's closing costs or whatever. That really helped those first-time home buyers that maybe didn't have much of a down payment or all that they save, they, they need to use for that down payment and don't have a lot for closing costs. So we are completely out of that. I can't remember the last time I saw a contract where the seller was contributing anything towards buyer's cost. Yeah. So, yeah, just to revisit these numbers, um, three years ago, 2019, the median home <laughs> price, 220000 um, this year, uh, as recently as last month, uh, the median home price three hundred nine. Excuse me, three hundred sixty-six thousand. Uh, that is a sixty-five percent increase in three years. Oh, look at you doing the math. Hey, no, no, no. Hey, no. This, I got I got this sure. calculator right in front of me. But that's uh, yeah, that's that's amazing because we all of us were saying three years ago it just can't go up anymore, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For sure. The the equity is there. We've all pretty much been gifted, um, just a, amazing amounts of equity over the last couple of years. Okay. And, and to that end, a lot of people are really taking care, you know, advantage of that right now, um, because the future is a little bit uncertain. So right. a lot of people, um, even though there's this uh, stigma around where interest rates are right now as opposed to where they were in 2020, right? right? Um, a lot of people are taking advantage of pulling that equity out with a refinance. They're um, redoing their backyards. They're putting in pools. They're yeah. redoing their driveways. They're uh, replacing that Ivan roof that needs to right. be ta- right. taken care of. So you've got a lot of people that are going ahead, tapping that equity while it's here. Um, COVID had us all staying home. So we all were seeing those projects every single day that, you know, needed to get done. You were walking around your house going, man, I've always hated this kitchen <laughs> counter. Well, so yeah. now's your time. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and listeners, please call us here at the show, 850-437-1620. If you have any questions about um, anything really mortgage related this week or anything uh, that we've covered in the past. But we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear from you. Again, 850-437-1620. Okay, Angela, you mentioned uh, home equity lines, home equity loans. Um, I always thought, and you gave some examples of how to apply them, you know, pool, yard, mm-hmm, redoing mm-hmm. the kitchen. But, you know, in the past, I've had a, I've had what I call a HELOC but I could use that for anything. It didn't really have to go back into the home. Is that something that, uh, are those dollars sort of earmarked or is that line sort of earmarked 
for home improvements? Do you have to document exactly what you're going to do when you make application? Well, what what I was referring to with a with a cash out refinance is how a lot of people are redoing their primary mortgage and pulling cash out for that long-term mortgage. Okay, you're but, not talking about a home equity line at all. Okay. Correct. I got you. Um, a cash out refinance. But with a home equity line of credit, no. It it does not have certain you can get your line of credit yeah. And it'll it'll be a lien against your home, right. but you have that line and you have it available to you to use and reuse while it's in that yeah. that period to buy a second home to to consolidate other debt and pay it off. You know, with the with the home Correct. equity line. Correct. Say Whatever that purchase debt. may be. Yeah. I will tell you though, um, the caveat with that is home equity lines of credit are always tied to your index. Right. And those indexes are all going up. Yeah. So a lot of Typically the clients, tied to the prime. Right. right. Yeah. A lot of clients um, that I'm speaking with would much rather f- prefer to do a long-term fixed rate. Absolutely. To pull up that money than the uncertainty of having an adjustable rate that they, they know for a fact. It's it's going to go up each six months when, right. th- when they have those adjustments. So um, going with a... 20, 25, 30-year fixed and pulling your cash out of your primary mortgage, just having the one mortgage, um, you know what your payment's going to be. It's not going to change. The only thing that may affect that over the, the coming years would be a change to your property taxes or your homeowner's and your insurance. insurance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And th- talk Does about something. Does the rate change? You don't go with the current rate when it, you refinance a mortgage. When you, when you have a 30-year fixed rate, it is fixed. The only thing okay. that is going to change that going forward is your property taxes, which are going up, and your homeowner's insurance. You know, and they will roll that into the payment. But, uh, no, certainly if you get a 30-year fixed rate, it's fixed. For for that whole term. Okay. Will not move. Whereas with a home equity line of credit, what what Bobby was speaking of first, um, excuse me, Bob. Bobby is fine. Am it, I still allowed to it call takes you? Me, it takes me back to uh, growing up because my dad was a Bob and I was always Bobby. It's I okay. always knew you as Bobby. Yeah. Um, but those home equity lines of credit are tied to an index plus a margin. So when you hit those adjustments, which are typically like each six months, they're going to look at what that current index is. Um, whether it be prime or cost of funds or, or whatever the case, add that margin to it, and that's your new interest rate. So okay. when you get a home equity line of credit, there's there's some there's a little bit of risk involved because you may think the payment is amazing right now at $150, but maybe in six months it's going to be $190. You know, are you are you comfortable with right, that? So right. um, each each situation each um, each mortgage request is a little different and a little unique and. Everybody needs to consider what their long-term plans are for that home and right. the money that they're borrowing. So take us through the process, okay? Um, how do you qualify for a loan? Well, um, it, it, the best place to always begin is with an application because mm-hmm. an application is going to give um, give me, give your loan officer, the opportunity to review all of the different facets that go into qualification. For example, um, how long have you been on your job? Uh, what do you do? How are you paid? Um, what do you have in the way of assets and savings? Um, credit score. Credit score is huge. Yeah. Um, back when I began doing this, 
that that wasn't even I mean you pulled credit <laughs> you wanted to see that you know timely payments were made and um, and there were not any uh, collections in public records but right. um, yeah we are we are a very credit score driven world okay. so um, but all of those assets excuse me all of those elements of the application are what t- you know come into play for qualification okay start with an application don't don't walk in and say I need you know I need a mortgage who do I see it starts with an application well it's you want to align yourself with someone who's going to help you with that process okay that's that's where the loan officer comes in you you want someone who's going to walk you through it and answer your questions and um, and guide you because um, a lot of times buyers may not know where they are Um, they may not know what they need to do so that application gives us the ability to start those conversations exactly um you know perhaps they have not had credit built up maybe they've had some credit problems um we can take a look at that we can we can see what steps need to be taken to get them to where they are ready to buy right okay and real quick you're listening to winning with mainstay we have as our guest today Angela Lane of Southeast Mortgage. If you have any questions, give us a call, 850-437-1620. We have our expert, right? (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Okay. So tell us about about the difference between being pre-qualified and being pre-approved for a mortgage. Okay, well, I will tell you um, what I do is a pre-approval. Okay. Um, so in this industry, uh, a pre-qualification is typically um, someone has, has made an application and someone has reviewed it and said, hey, this looks okay. Um, and they'll issue an, a, a letter of pre-qualification. Um, what I do um, is take that further for a pre-approval. I'm going to look at what what has been indicated on that application and ask the questions that need to be asked to make sure that that's a solid application. For example, has the borrower um, only been on their job one month? How are they paid? Are they hourly? Are they salary? Are they commissioned? Um, Are they a restaurant worker? And so the majority of their income is tips and, you know, for this year so far, maybe things were a little off. So um, I take it a step further. I'm going to say, hey, because of your current income, can I get your last year's W-2 and your most recent pay stub? Um, I'm going to verify assets. If they say that they're going to be putting 20% down, I'm going to make sure they've really got it. Yeah. Um, and that is something that I do for my my realtor partners and my builder partners because they want to know if they're out showing homes to this client that they are they can get it that they can take them to the finish line right right so okay a pre-approval letter is stronger than a pre-qualification letter correct and if you're walking in or making an offer with a pre-approval letter that's going to be your offer is going to be a lot stronger than the person that has a pre-qualification letter. Yes, because everyone has those <coughs> those certainties. I mean, I'm not saying that things can't come up. We can't discover something on a on a bank statement going back or something that might change. But for the most part, the information on the application is deemed acceptable. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I I never knew the difference, and I I dare say I use those terms interchangeably. <laughs> but good to know the difference. Okay. 
Um, we do want to talk about products, specific products that uh, Southeast Mortgage offers, and uh, you know, all, um, products that are out in the industry. I, because I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't I haven't applied for a mo- mortgage since 1998, but oh. I, I'm so I'm on a steep learning curve. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> So thank you for all of this information. But I know we're going to go to the news here soon, uh, and we'll be back with Angela Lane of Southeast Mortgage. Thank you, Bob, so much. We've got more with Angela Lane and Bob Bergey here with Winnie with Main State Financial. I'm Jenna Barr. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, 850-437-1620. Bob, we do have questions coming up, so we'll get to those when we come back. Let's head on over to Candy Cullerton in the newsroom. Candy, what you got coming up? Jenna Barr, we're back. We are back and rolling. You, you we know, got questions coming in. We're going to get to those. You know when I know we're back is when you point that finger at me. Yeah, not the <laughs> index finger. Yeah, yes, thank you index. for clarifying. This is a family <laughs> show. Uh, it's quite a wind-up. If only you could see. Uh, actually, it wasn't that good today. A wind-up. Today it was more of a yes, gooder. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back. And we have Angela Lane with us today. Angela Lane is the executive mortgage loan originator with Southeast Mortgage here in Pensacola, Florida, right on Intendencia Street, right near the YMCA. Live and local. Hub Stacy's, <laughs> Seville Square. All right. Very, uh, very convenient. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Nice to well, hang out and here. talk mortgages. All right. So we've got a couple of questions. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit you with them. All right. Question one, it doesn't say who this is from, but uh, for people with good credit that have a lot of equity in their home, what is the typical rate right now for a second mortgage for a 10-year term? That is an excellent question. However, I <laughs> depends. I, I have to say, yes, uh, I don't do standalone seconds. Really? Okay. Really. really. Okay. Um, I, would, I would be able to assist in a cash that out borrower, refinance, yeah. Yes, in in recasting their first, right. um, if they were looking to lower their term, um, we have terms of 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30 years. Um, so we could look at wrapping everything into one mortgage uh, and going short term with that if they they liked. But we do not do standalone second mortgages. That would be your local bank or credit union. Yeah, I know it. it uh, and I think they used to be very popular. Um, second mortgages, uh, I think they're more frowned upon now because you're, you, come on, you're second in line, right? That is that is true. And the interest rate was always typically higher than a mortgage rate on the first. Right. Okay. So your recommendation is to uh, revisit or or explore the opportunity to cash out, refinance, or what did you say? Re- Perhaps recast. Recast. Yeah, there's okay. there's many reasons to look at refinancing. Um, it, it's not always the best idea, and mm-hmm. that's one thing that I do when I uh, 
when someone will call and be like, hey, my neighbor just refied. I, I, want, I think I need to. Yeah. Um, it's not always the best option. Um, sometimes you're, you're great just sitting right where you are. Okay, along those lines, every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll be meeting with our clients, and mm-hmm. they have a mortgage. And for some reason, there is, uh, I guess, uh, the path of least resistance is to go back to the mortgage originator that you have your mortgage with. And, you know, I'll just go back there, and they said it would be easier. Is that true? Or uh, you're just really going to have to do everything all over again, right? It's, it's pretty much going to be the same documentation. It's okay. a, a new loan is a new loan, right? no matter where, it, where it's going to be. Right. Um, it might be convenient or comforting for them to just stay with mm-hmm. that same lender, maybe. But um, but it's good to look at your options. Um, maybe they don't have all of the uh, the terms or the service uh, that you might get from someone else. But um, but with that refinance, um, what needs to be considered is where you're at currently. How long have you had the mortgage that you that you have? You know, are you are you 13 years into this mortgage? Right. You know, maybe going back to a 30 is not the thing to do. That's, exactly. That's, that's going backwards. Because after um, it, 13 mm-hmm. years into a 30, you're paying down principal uh, yes, in a big way. Yes, you are. You've wiped out tons of that interest, and getting a new 30 kind of resets all that interest again. Um, exactly. Maybe you got your current mortgage back in in 18 or 19 and you have paid down that mortgage and have wonderful appreciation maybe we're going to refinance it so you can get rid of that pmi right um the other thing we were talking about is about how you know everyone's been staying home because of covid and they're seeing all those honeydews yeah (laughs) and they're ready to get them knocked out they want to put in that pool they want to fix their driveway and redo their kitchen and do an do an addition and such so um a refinance might be a wonderful opportunity to do that as well. I have a lot of buyer um, borrowers who um, maybe they're at a different life cycle mm-hmm. than when they took out that original mortgage. So it can be extremely beneficial to look at a lower term. Um, and sometimes all of those things happen together. Yeah. So maybe we're redoing that first mortgage. We're doing it for a shorter term. We're getting rid of their PMI. We're getting them some cash. Yeah. And they're going to be done with their loan earlier than they would be with that original mortgage. Did refinances jump up, up because a lot of people chose not to move or downsize because they started working at home? are working from home, you know, working remotely, and they were using that, you know, that third or fourth bedroom as mm-hmm. an office. <clears throat> and I mean, did ref, you know, did refinancing uh, get a big shot in the arm from people choosing to not move to another house or a smaller house because they were working from home? Well, uh, the onset of COVID and and the subsequent um, reduction of interest rates that that occurred. Um, really fueled both markets, both the purchase and the refinance markets, because you had everyone all of a sudden with that lower interest rate that could maybe afford more of a home. And so they were starting to look up. But that's, yes, so many people were home. So all of those things that they wanted to do and needed to do, uh, COVID, COVID fueled. So we had 
crazy, like crazy pop-up amounts of these nationwide lenders that everybody jumped into the refinance game. Oh my goodness. And, um, and it's been highly competitive for, for the, a couple of years. Um, what's happening now, unfortunately, to, to many people across this nation who do what I do is they were, they were hired by these fly-by-night companies to put these refinances together and now tens of thousands of people are being laid off because their companies don't support them they they got they got in they got their money and now they're getting out right so that's that's unfortunate but that's not my company that's not southeast (laughs) (laughs) we're here for the long long haul okay all right angela we have another question and you are the expert so i know you can handle this one All right, and oh, this you is whatever you're setting this up. So, oh my goodness! Uh, because I can't weigh in on this one. You know, I might, but all right. Here's the question: How much higher will interest rates climb? Come on. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, Jenna, Jenna, can you slide my crystal ball over? There you go, real quick. Put um, on your swami hat. <laughs> well, we do know that uh, you know the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates again and again and again. And that that is really this year, and that is that has been decided. They've yes. already said that there will be increments throughout this year. And as far as what they're projecting, um, and again, it's it's not set in stone. Like right. there is no plan, and interest rates are so volatile because so much affects them. But the projection is, um, you know, rates rates climbed very, you know, into the upper fours. We're in the the low fives. Um, and everyone is expecting them to be around the 6% range okay. later this year. Later this year. Is okay. what I have heard. But again, so what we're is, here, not there. So what does that mean to somebody contemplating uh, securing a mortgage or mm-hmm. recasting or <clears throat> refinancing? Still in an excellent time. Yeah. As we talked about those rates earlier, yeah. my goodness sakes, 16% in 1981. Right. Uh, 10% back in 19, what was that, 89? Yes. Um, so 6% is, is not bad. And right. again, you are adding the largest financial asset of your, of your life. Right. Um, and homes uh, and home values stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, personally, I will tell you that, that we moved to Pensacola, Florida from San Diego in December of 2005. Well, in in December of 2005, um, there had been uh, Katrina the year before. There had been Ivan. Um, y- there was a lack of inventory mm-hmm. in, in this area. Um, boy, like crazy. I think with our search parameters, there were two homes that fit our bill and we ended up choosing the one that had a pool i mean and this was this was online we weren't even here you know this is this is me on my computer in san diego trying to find our our family a home um so we moved here bought it the very top of the market and then um we all know what happened in 2007 2008 when the world crashed right the world just crashed because of those awful lending practices that had been put into play everybody was getting those interest only loans and if they had a credit score of 720 and could fog a mirror they got a loan you know so um values crashed we lost so much of our equity Mm -hmm. so much i'm not even going to share numbers everybody did everybody Everybody did um but gut-wrenching but not only is that all back but but more so yeah, yeah i mean 20 like so much more so we're 
we're double what we paid for that house in 05 now. Yeah, yeah. So. But it had to get really bad before it got really good. Yeah. And you, you, you had yeah. to stay in it. You had to stay in it. Had yeah. we bailed? I mean, yeah. we would have lost all of that money. And that's what so many people did. You know, here's, you know, I, I owe more than what my home is worth. And that's a pretty simple and calculation. And there came the foreclosures. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Here's the keys. Um, all right. So if you think that was a great question, how about how about this one? <laughs> oh no. Uh, and this is the last question, unless somebody, unless we get some more calls. Do we have anything else, Jenna? Um, but do, does the higher interest rate environment mean that we are approaching a collapse? Oh, yeah, that gets, gets asked all the time. I think the answer is no. Correct, correct, because we we are at a very, we're at a lack of inventory. Builders can't build enough homes for all the demand. Right. Um, and that's, that's not going to go away. Yeah. We have a housing shortage nationwide. It's not just here in, in Florida. Right. Um, of course, uh, California, Colorado, uh, what they're dealing with is a mass exodus, which is what is really helping clog our area is because right. you've got all of those um, those people. And, and it's, it's twofold. Uh, one, they all began working at home because of COVID. Right. Their employers got used to that. They work smarter and more effective now. So now all those people can live and work wherever they want to. Yep. So they're like, hey, now's our chance to get out of this political life that we don't really agree with anymore. So they're they're selling, they're pulling their equity, and they're buying here in cash. Right. And um, so that is, that's really affecting our inventory. But what caused the last crash? What caused 2000 and 2000, was uh, 2007 and 2008? Was the lending practices. Yes. 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 It was... It was bad 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 mortgage right. practices and right. bad decisions yeah. and now there's tons of regulation like oh all, or, or, i mean that could yes. never happen again things change so much which what ha or what the underlying reasons yeah the the documentation requests like you mentioned you haven't had a mortgage since 1998 right it's tough it? no hold on haven't applied for a mortgage haven't applied yes, oh, yes. okay yeah the, so the I've documentation because of what we all went through and because of the damage that it did to our country, um, the documentation that's needed now for a mortgage is greatly different. Right. Um, and in some cases, someone who hasn't had a mortgage since before that time, um, I have to, you know, hold their hand and give them hugs and tell them we're not picking on them. Right. <laughs> we're right. really just regulations were put into place so that that would never happen again. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of fraud back then. There was, it, it was yeah. crazy. And, you know, they call it the financial crisis. They call it, you know, 2008. The, the, it is, <clears throat> it is called many things, but it's also called the subprime lending crisis, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's where, um, yeah, your industry, you know, came in to play there, right? I mean, a lot of mortgages were uh, granted to people that could, as you said, fog a mirror. Fog a mirror, yeah. yep. <laughs> and I think uh, the 720 credit score, I mean, gosh, I know people that got, you know, mortgages with way lower, you know, credit scores than that mm -hmm. back then, mm -hmm. back then. But I think it's di more difficult now, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, it used to be, so before this, um, like I, like I started to say, the documentation has changed so much. So before, um, we could send a, a form 
to your bank mm-hmm. and or savings and loan or credit union, whatever the case may be. And all it asked on there was the date the account was opened, the current balance, the average balance. That was it. Not the not the current or current balance okay, current. and average balance okay. and the date that it was opened. So if you had had that account open for several years right. and maybe you had $24,000 in it and your average balance was $22,000, we weren't going to ask any further questions. That was it. That was all we got. Well, now, these days, we have to get two months, all pages of your bank statement, and they're they're scrutinized. They want to look for cash deposits. They want to look to see that there's not a lot of moving of money between accounts. They want to know what those deposits are. Um, Because of the fraud and because of just not enough questions were asked with that verification deposit. Right. Um, a lot of discovery can be made in in looking at that bank statement. Right. Um, to to that end, um, one of the reasons bank statements are looked at so much is because of down payment assistance programs are very income driven, and if you're qualifying a buyer based on a sixty thousand dollar income, and then you see their bank statements, and you see. Huh? How come every Friday they're putting another four hundred dollars in? Well, guess what? They have another job that they didn't tell you about, which deems them not able to get the the down payment assistance. So we would have never known that in the old world. Right. So it's interesting. You know, I'm reading this question again from our listener, <clears throat> and the question is: Are we approaching a collapse? Um, I guess in a way we are, because at one point this will all go south. You know there will be a correction in housing at some point in time and you know just the word of caution is you know we do have a lot of building activity going on here in Pensacola and that's great because there is the demand but once that supply trips over the demand and houses Mm -hmm. or or properties begin to sit there that's when you know we will see at least a leveling out maybe not a collapse but um and part of the interest rate hikes, you know, is to, to slow things down, mm-hmm. to make borrowing mm-hmm. a little more difficult. Because by by constantly purchasing and making things so affordable, and a lot of that is driven by interest rates, um, that in and of itself leads to inflation. So um, the interest rate hikes are a good thing. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to think they missed the boat on mortgage interest rates. As we talked about, you know, the average 30-year rate um, – you know, in, in history is somewhere around seven and a half, eight percent. So yeah, five, six just doesn't sound that bad. Not not really. Not when you look at the statistics and yeah. and sit back and think about it and and uh again it's your, your largest financial asset. You want that. Absolutely. You don't, you don't want to throw money away. Do you do you want to you give eighteen hundred dollars right. a month to, to your landlord That's right. <laughs> and not be able to, to paint the walls the color that you want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's another question. Um, um, can you get a mortgage without a credit score? Is it, I mean, is it possible? There are programs. Okay. There are. I will tell you it is more difficult. Um, the, the Dave Ramsey um, lover in me yeah. <laughs> hates, hates to say that because I, I know that that's what he says is that a credit score does not matter. However, our current mortgage world 
is really driven on that credit score. Um, that, that credit score has algorithms that help tell us that that buyer has the ability to be in debt but not abuse it. Right. Um, you want to you want to know that they they can use it and pay it back and and make timely payments and not take their high balance over what they should. Mm-hmm. So it it is a telltale sign of what is a good borrower. Okay. Um, but yes, there are some companies that can look at doing alternative credit where they're um, getting letters from. Um, their power company, their water company, their cell phone company, and using that as alternative credit. Okay. Uh, the rates are higher, and again, not not everybody does them. It's kind you of know, an, a niche market right now. You know, as we uh, as we approach the end of our show, are there any interesting uh, products uh, at Southeast Mortgage that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, um, I will tell you, we, we do them all. We, um, we absolutely support our veterans, and um, we do a lot of VA financing. Um, we have FHA financing, which is great with a low down payment and assists those that maybe their credit score is not in the 700s. That's okay. That's first, fine. First-time home buyer? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, um, I'm approved to do um, first-time home buyer programs not only through uh, the, the counties around here locally, but also um, – I work with uh, the Florida Housing Department. I'm approved to do a lot of state programs, and those are fantastic um, to assist buyers to get into that first home that maybe you know they haven't haven't put all that money away. They they just maybe started you know got their degrees, they've started their job, and and now they want the dream of home ownership, but haven't haven't saved their twenty percent. Well, right. they don't need to. There's there's programs that will help them get into a home with little or, or hardly any cash at closing okay and yeah. and that's that's I think probably what I um, I really enjoy I I like sinking my teeth in and helping that first time that couple that you know gosh they they want the dream we are dealing with some we, we have some clients that are and, and the roadblocks you run into um, and it and these are personal things that uh, you know that just happen through the course of life that you know kind of shut some doors but mm-hmm. uh, uh, but there are programs out there to help uh, certainly veterans, first-time home buyers, um, and what uh, what did you call it? The FHA loans? Mm-hmm. Okay. Less than less than perfect credit score. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the FHA is not really. It has nothing to do with your credit. Maybe that interest rate's just a little bit better than conventional, and and the down payment is is similar. So okay. that's why you need a professional seasoned loan officer in your corner who's going to look at that and put you in the best product available. Okay. And certainly you are that, Angela. Wow. Well, very so kind. Go ahead and share with our listeners how uh, how they can get a hold of you and uh, we're going to wrap up this show. All right. Well, I am Angela Lane with Southeast Mortgage uh, here in Pensacola and you can reach me at www.southeastmortgage.com/angelalane. Or my email address is Angela.Lane at SoutheastMortgage.com. Or my cell phone number, call or text 850-776-6094. Wow, what a closing. All right, thanks for being (laughs) on the show, and we will talk to everyone next week. Thanks so much, Jenna.